previously on Night's Quest. I'm trying to get to Varden. I'm going to see my family. This is our Griffin Hamburglar Spoopsy Wallabadeo. I want you to help me figure out who the writer's assistant is. I can even see the writer's assistant right now. Welcome everyone back to Night's Quest, and today is a very special episode <laughs> as we are getting ready to celebrate our four-year anniversary, four hundredth episode. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. <sighs> That's what that means. I think. <laughs> no. Th- in order to have four hundred episodes, we'd have to release two episodes a week. Yeah. We do the opposite oh, yeah. of that. Right. I want to. I want to. Another biweekly. I want to try and communicate this to you guys, and I don't know if I'll be able to do it in an audio medium, but, like, just a few hours ago, I was... Usually people do that with words, but go for it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a few hours ago, I emotionally, I was so ready to be in this... Yeah. ...in this spot, talking it's about true, how long we've been doing stuff, and and then I said the word Sphinx Penis about 20 seconds Why? ago, and that really pulled me out of it. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, let me give a timeline for everyone else. Uh, A couple of hours ago, Jake, phone called Jamie and me. We're preparing for today's episode, and we had an emotional, truly emotional heart-to-heart. It was a really good talk. And how much we've grown over the past four years. It was beautiful. Like, hey, we should talk about that. And then somehow we started talking about candles, which then Jake said was phallic. And then he said obelisk is also phallic. And then he said sphinx penis. And I said, let's start the episode. Because the obelisk in DC is the sphinx's penis all the way through the earth. Like in DC comics? Just like that scene in the Eternals. I can't believe I've now heard you say that sentence two times. And I'm going to hear you say it again a third time when I edit this, and a fourth time when I listen to it. I made the Eternals joke. I want I want the credit for this. God, I fucking love this podcast. <laughs> it was my idea to have a giant person waking up from the bowels of the earth, but all that comes out of the surface is just his dick. Can we say loins of the earth? <laughs> the loins of the earth, of Thank course. You. Yeah. That's what four I meant to years. say. Four years. Yeah. We've been doing <laughs> this for four years. <laughs> Years. Can you guys believe it? <laughs> That's longer oh, than look. I went to college. Not longer than I went to college. Yeah. Look how far we've come. Four <laughs> years of Sphinx Penis. <laughs> I no, you have to you have to do you have to add an extra year because there was a yeah. whole year in college of like odd peni jokes, which led to the heinous <laughs> Pentagons being created. Yeah, oh a my whole God. pantheon. I I thought we weren't going to tell the fans that. I, I thought we were going to keep that information from them. That all of our badass, awesome heinous gods came from a discussion about dicks. I think they already knew. Oh, oh deep okay. down, they did. Even if, it, if subconsciously they Maybe. knew. You know what? For the for the four year 
cold open. I'm going to give you guys uh-huh. the, the the actual real genesis okay. of the Hainas gods. Yeah, okay. And it is a gif of an otter. So you know that sm- one scene in The Eternals? It's a gif of no. an otter no. smacking a clamshell on its hip over and over. But its <laughs> okay. face is Ezio from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> and in rainbow, like, strobing font above it, it just says, Bene, over and over again. Yep. And we said <gasps> that constantly. And then I adopted Bene. this weird pseudo-Serbian accent. Um, <laughs> okay, this part which, I remember, yeah. Which eventually became... Bonus. <laughs> yeah. And then we made. We were watching someone play Halo, and I saw <laughs> the main aliens, which are called the the, the Sangheili. Oh, the elites. That's what they're called. The elites. Yeah. Yeah. And their mouth opens up into four prongs, and we thought, what if those are peni? And then we're like, that's horrendous. To have four peni, and then and then we played Soul Calibur two, and there was character creation. There it is. Yeah, and so we created Hainus, which was the four peni creature, right. and then Banus was the two peni creature. I know the one, no, the one. Banus is the one. Yeah, Banus yeah. one. And they were like, "Well, we gotta have ones in between." So <laughs> do meaning two duchas, tre three truchas, and then we. While we created them, we realized they all had little bits of rainbow in their creation. We're like, well, we need we need one more. But that what's above Hainus? We're like, well, Pentus. And then we're like, Hainus Pentus. And um, so- <laughs> that has now sparked a conflict for characters that we are now inhabiting four years later. Do you still have wow. that picture of the otter? Because I really want to see that now. That's the only part of this I didn't you know. You know what, Jake? Post that one on the Discord. Yeah, post Yay! it in the Discord. Post that in the this Discord. This won't make sense until our four-year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, it won't make sense. So anyway. Sure will. That was five hmm. years, over five years ago. I mean, that was a hot minute ago. Um. Anyway, welcome to Night's Quest. We are yeah. not confronting Candace <laughs> Pentis today. Wow. Let's do this episode right here, right now. We yeah. are... In the fortress, in the mountains of Rillian, and we just had a wizard's duel. Yeah, we did. Quest one, defeated Conquest, and the Mirgic book was destroyed. It's true. But a mountain Throckmorton came to the root of the Heart of Anima to drink its goodness, and we all had to hide inside the fortress where Leroy had recently been hit with Mirgic and was laughing because he could see the strings, and he made an audacious claim that he could see the writer's assistant right now. And that is where we're going to pick up yeah. our story. Rainer's just going to go for it. He's just going to go over to him, probably even grab him after all the shit they just went through, and just be like, who is it? Hey, hey, listen, who is it? Just stop, stop yammering and laughing. Just tell me who it is. Ah, we come back to Leroy. Ask him for Leroy's help. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, I believe uh, your guide is uh, involved in all this, yes. <laughs> I will let you make a roll, uh, yeah. Rainer, for camaraderie. Also, yeah. as was uh, brought to my attention by people on Discord, yes. uh, Leroy is going to... I'm trying to decide whether he should lose a friendship point or gain a corruption point. Ooh, from I like that. I'm going to have him lo- uh, gain a corrupted part. I, th- and, uh, I think both is fair, because I think you could argue that the event that caused him to lose a friendship point was two episodes ago, and yes. the corruption point was last time. Yes. So last he loses time. one friendship point, bring him to zero, and he gains one oh, corrupted no. part, bring him up to three. Damn. Yeah. So, oh, okay. uh, a counter question. Um, how many corrupted points does Quiz have now? Hmm. Uh, you know what? Interesting. Lose one. 
Let's start with that. Lose All one. Right. Damn, he's still at six. Jeez, that's so many. Okay, we'll give him one for defeating Conquest, and then he can lose one for destroying the book. Okay. Cool. Rainer, I'll, go for, I'll go for camaraderie. All right, give me a camaraderie roll. Let's go difficulty one purple, one red. Okay. And I will give you a boost because he did kind of make a deal with you, like, previously saying he would help you solve this. Like, Yeah. Successes. Uh, but the rest canceled out, so it's just a regular success. Okay. And I think he kind of, he kind of quick makes his case. He's like, even though he's mad, he's like, look, you, you want to f- help us figure this out. You just brought it up. You wouldn't have said that if you didn't want to tell us. I know you want to tell us. And I want to know too, man. We're on the same page here. We're on the same, to, to quote a spiritual phrase, we're on the same page right now. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're right. I do want to tell. I'm, I can't. It's so exciting. But. <laughs> oh boy. I don't want to just say the answer. I want you to figure it out. <sighs> I want you to figure it out. So okay. here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Here's my big clue for you. Uh huh. So we've all figured out that the writer's assistant was definitely in Goldon at some point for some period of time. Right. But they're not there anymore. Maybe. Now we're thinking, oh, that means they left as a human body to somewhere else. But what if we've seen spirits, they change from like a physical form to like a spirity form? Yeah. What if they change into a spirity form and did some spirity things like, uh, and he starts like wiggling his fingers as if moving a puppet, you know, pulled on some strings. Okay. I, Eloise is not interested in this. She's fed up with Leroy, <laughs> and she like her fucking meteor hammer is damaged. Yeah, so she's got that's like fair she she doesn't know anybody in Goldon. She's always been kind of an outsider to this conversation. Rainer is gonna quick ask Trouble if he's physically okay or if he's been hurt or anything, and Trouble's just like, "Yeah, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it." He's sulking in the corner, but he's not hurt. Rainer's gonna say, "Grilta, can you? Is there anything more we should be doing for Quiss?" I checked him up. He doesn't seem okay. hurt, like, at all. Just okay. a sleepy guy. Yeah, sorry. Just just double-checking. Okay. Okay. Leroy. Yes. Are you, are you implying that it is someone who may be manipulating our journey even if they aren't physically here? Is that what you're getting at? Maybe? What I'm saying is... Yeah. The Rise Assistant probably wants to be invested in us, or yeah. in you, as many of us are. And so in Goldon, easy peasy. They just they could just talk to us. They're just there. Now you're traveling around. Someone from Goldon's following you. That's kind of suspicious. It's kind of weird. So what if they were able to keep tabs on you by pulling the strings of someone here? Someone you probably wouldn't notice doing. Someone you'd probably even forget about. Jake is standing up. Jake is leaving. Jake is pacing. Jake is staring at me. Jake is Jake is giving me a look right now. <laughs> he can't hear me. He took his headphones off. He is sighing. He's returning back to the chair. He's sitting down. He is putting his headphones back on. Okay, Rainer hasn't Rainer has absolutely not figured it out yet, because I haven't. He's like, okay, so <laughs> like I don't, like, okay, someone in our group is being manipulated by someone, and their strings are being... Are you talking about Quiss? And uh, Mirjik's been messing with him, but that doesn't make any sense. Are you talking about <sighs> me? I mean, I... 
Are you talking about Rainer, you? You have no strings to be manipulated. That's why I was confused, okay? There's only three of us left from Goldon, unless I'm miscounting. Unless you're including PB, okay? There's only no, three no, of us no, left. No, no, no. Eloise is going around and, like, counting everybody, making sure we're all here. She's like, Quiss, Grilta, Gorg, <laughs> Rainer, Leroy, Chubb, PB. <laughs> um, hmm. Is that everybody? Trouble. I think that's everybody. I think, uh, Conquest is not here, obviously, because no. he's dead. Jonathan's not here. I'm pretty sure that's everyone. Yeah. We're all here. <laughs> well, okay, we didn't say a beal. <laughs> wait, wait, what the fuck? Wait, no. Yes, I am. I am here. I'm just. Uh, oh God, I finished. I'm sorry. I'm just finishing writing down uh, what happened uh, right now. Because <laughs> you know that's what I do. I've been just you know writing everything down wait, for this whole what? journey. No, you hang know, on. As your accountant. What part of what Leroy said pushed you towards a beal? Someone maybe you would forget. Well, yeah, sure, that part, but he was talking about Goldon and stuff, wasn't he? I I guess I'm a little lost on what's uh, going on right now. I'm just a little distracted. <sighs> okay, Rainer is going to turn to a beal, and with his hands on his temples, as if he's trying to ward off a headache, he's going to say, Okay, um... Abiel. Uh, yes, Rainer, yes. I truly, truly apologize if we meant to ask you this before and we just never got around to it or other stuff came up. Do you happen to know anything about the religion of writerism and someone called the writer's assistant? Uh, well, let's see. I know about writerism is a sure. pretty big religion. Um uh, the writer's assistant, I mean, you've brought it up uh, a few times in the conversation. You guys have trying to figure out who it is. We're supposed to talk to them so we can try to get the uh, heinous pit is free, I think, was the big plan. Yeah. Other uh, than that, I you keep talking about the gold on and making bets. I, I don't know anybody there, so I, uh, I kind of zone out uh, when we get to that part. So, no, I, I have no idea uh, who it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know... Why? I don't know. I guess I thought I was onto something, but I I don't think I am. <laughs> Rainer, you're so close. Am I? <laughs> I am, I genuinely don't understand what's happening right now. I don't know what you guys are getting at. I don't know why Jake looks so horribly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, are you disappointed in? Jamie or in yeah. me or in this whole concept? Definitely me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Leroy, Leroy, say what you just said, but say it again, please. Okay. okay. We gotta uh, figure Leroy, this out, Leroy's man. also kind of like pinching the bridge of his nose, like, yeah. oh, you're so close. Yep. Rain, you're, on the, you're, uh -huh. you're on the cusp. Yep. Someone yep. from Goldon yep. was most likely yep. the writer's assistant. Yep. We left. Yep. They had to leave, too. Okay. Became probably became their spirit, and then manipulated the strings of someone in our group that you wouldn't notice. So, so you're saying someone who used to be a person in Goldon is now a spirit and is messing with a beal? Yes. Yes. So, who yes. would that be? I mean, the princess, maybe? Like the 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 princess? What? 
Okay, I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to be contrarian here. I genuinely don't understand how that helps us answer answer the question. Oh, like the question of who and Goldon? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Rainer slams his head on the wall. Rainer just hits his head on the wall with a dull thunk, because this is baffling right now. <laughs> I think I think Abil's like, well then, um, sorry, I um, what do you what is what are you saying? What is what are you saying is happening to me? Am I? Am I okay? Is every am I all right? I I feel horrible for saying this, but Rainer ignores him. Abiel, where did you get your powers again? Your math powers? Oh, I got them from uh, Niner Niner. I uh, gave him my shadow, so I have no shadow. Yeah, that's where I got that from. And then I found you guys in the desert. What's his title again? Uh, Niner Niner Niner, the uh, uh, spirit of darkness, the Lord of Shadows, the Great Ink. That one. That one. You're not... Wait, hold on. What the, What are you saying? I'm like, no, he's funny. And Eloise's like, wait, what are you saying? I don't, I don't know what anybody's saying. I... Raider also turns and looks at Eloise. <laughs> wait, no, hold on, hold on, wait. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just... Oh, Eloise, are you invested now? Oh, no. <laughs> I just... Oh, okay. So, we've clarified that Leroy doesn't know who the writer's assistant is in Goldon. Nice. And but, we've but also he clarified... He could, he, we've also clarified that the writer's assistant, whoever they are, has been keeping tabs on us and manipulating the actions of a one, Abiel. What? And how else would this person be keeping tabs on us through Abiel except because he's been keeping track of literally every action and transaction on our journey. <laughs> I think Grog like grabs Abiel's like book and he flips through one of them and it is straight up just like business numbers. Yeah. And like, you know, which isn't much. They haven't done much business. He grabs another one and it is like he, he shows it to Eloise yeah. and then shows it to Rainer and it is, you know, a word for word depiction of your right. entire journey since he's he's well, since the Oasis. Well, no, it would be before the Oasis, wouldn't it? Because they met him in the middle of the desert. That's where the de- depiction starts, is leaving the Oasis. They met what? him after the Oasis? Nope, you met him before the Oasis. We met him on the way to... Uh, Abiel, why does your, um... You start writing down the journey uh, after we leave the Oasis. Oh, yes, I, I see that, right? Yes, I see that. Why did you start there? Did... Okay, um, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Did we maybe just not ask him to until then? Is that possibly I, what happened? I think Abiel's kind of like freezing, looking at it. He's like, I don't remember writing any of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't write in this book. I write in this one, and he holds up the numbers. Like, you know, business. I'm a what numbers the guy. Fuck? Okay. I write down numbers. I am an accountant, not a, not a scribe. I, I. No one ever told me to write down our journey. I don't know why I. I did. When did I write this? Okay, we got. Well, we gotta. We gotta take a closer look at that book. We gotta see what if there's anything weird about the writing. Like if none of us wrote it, or at least none of us remember writing it, we could pick up clues from that, right? Give me a ratiocination. We're doing this. Let's go. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, difficulty two. Okay. Abiel is panicking right now. He's just like, what? What? What is going on? I got a success. I got one disadvantage. You compare the two books, and you notice the handwriting is the same 
pen. It's the yeah. same quill, clearly, between the two of them. The handwriting is different. Mm-hmm. It is different handwriting between the two of them. Okay. And the disadvantage is going to be... The disadvantage is going to be, we still don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's fair, actually. I'll give you two with the success. The, the story starts after you leave your time with Sim. Like, it starts with you leaving the Oasis. And it goes through the entire dungeon. This is... Through all your time in the jungle. The farthest uh, thing it, from what I was expecting. And it seems to only be depicting, like, the group's journeys. Like, it's not anything yeah. like... It's not a diary. It's not a Beale talking about his feelings or anything. Um, and it focuses on you, Rainer. Can, can I see what the most recent thing is? Yes, the most recent thing was what he was writing down right now. He was describing the fight that you guys just had. Was what he had most recently written down. Rainer is about to tear his hair out. He's like, Leroy, when you said you saw the writer's assistant, what did they look like? Well, okay. I What I saw was, and now, now Leroy is like, he's he's all in now. He's like, he's yeah. here. He's like, okay, well, what, what I saw was, I saw the strings, and I could see them getting plucked when, when people were talking. Yeah. You know, like, ah, uh, I said something, and then and then what was happening, the, the string was being moved. But I saw a beal, as we've all, you guys got there, a beal's strings were being moved while he was writing stuff down and it didn't seem important and it was different like there were two different things happening at the same it was like a different a different rhythm so I'm like ah that's when it clicked to me that oh of course the writer says this wouldn't be here physically they'd be using spirit powers and writing and shit you know this is actually wild I don't know what else to ask a Beal I don't think a Beal can help us anymore I don't know what's going on why did I why do I not know something I did Trouble's gonna kind of put a hand on his shoulder, and he genuinely means to tell him, it's okay, I get it, I don't know what's going on either, I'm really lost right now too, but it's okay that things are so stressful, and he wants to tell him all those things, but what comes out of his mouth is, our momentary troubles are sand in the hourglass. <laughs> and if anyone hears that and just looks at him like, sorry, what the fuck? <laughs> I think I think Abil, Abil sheds a tear because that's a Torebian <laughs> phrase. And he's like, thank you so much Excellent, yeah. for reminding me yeah. of this. <laughs> I think Grog steps in seeing like Eloise panic. Everything's yeah. like, oh, guys, hold on. Why do we need to find the writer's assistant? Because we, we, think, we think that's our best lead on how to get the information of okay. how to set Hanus Pendus free. Which we kind of have to do, or else I'm I'm gonna die. I don't know if I've yeah. told everyone that outright. If we aren't able to do that, the spirit Hanus is going to kill me. Right? No, I got that. I think everyone's take a chill pill. Yeah, Calm sorry. Down. It's been a stressful day. Absolutely, it has. We don't need to know who the identity of the resistance is. We just need to contact them somehow. Let, let them know what we need. And I think we got <sighs> our guy. And he just is over to Abiel, and Abiel's like, "What? How do I do that?" Do you you think we can you think we can talk to them even if we don't know who they are yet? I don't know. That's how normal people work. You can talk to them without knowing their name. Leroy. Um, uh, Leroy, thoughts? If you try, I can let you know if the string moves different. <laughs> up, until, up until this point, we were assuming we would have to call somebody in Coldon with the Saki Taki. But if this person is a spirit, there's the chance they could just be listening to us right now. I think so. Well, are they? Eloise says to the the air. <laughs> This is great. This is this has gone off the rails already, and I love it. Hey guys, everyone, uh, try not to shout. Uh, the Throck, you don't want to disturb the Throckmorton. And Grilch is like at the door frame, like watching the Throckmorton, like not invested at all with this whole discussion. <laughs> okay, get back to what you're doing. 
Um, do you want me to, like, write it down or something? Maybe? I mean, that's as good that's as good an idea as anything. And Trouble's like, yeah, go for it. Abiel takes his quill, and he takes the book that has had all the adventures in. He's like, okay, what do you want me to write down? I don't know. How about, how do we free Hannes Pentis? Well, no, because he's only been writing about what we've been doing. So, I, I don't know, write about what you're feeling, Abiel. Write about how you've been unknowingly writing things down in this book you knew nothing about. Okay. Okay. Uh, he, he write, he, so he's written all that down. He first wrote down, like, how do we free Hannes Pentis? And okay. you can, now, if you hadn't noticed, you can clearly see, like, the handwriting is, is different between what was being written down before and this. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And then he writes down, I am feeling... Uh, really scared because I uh, don't want uh, I want to know what was happening and I uh, am feeling excited to solve a mystery and I'm feeling excited to know the answer and he writes that down I relate to all of those right now yeah me yeah. in real life yeah and then he writes down the question do you have any more questions and the handwriting is different and Leroy raises his hand uh, yeah Leroy I, I call on you we're not in the classroom bud uh, it happened. Oh, gotcha. Oh, boy. Yeah, I got a question. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you see Abiel. He was kind of, like, hunched over as he was writing. You can see, like, his posture changes. Oh, no. And he, like, sits Don't. up a little bit more upright. Don't. And he, like, smiles a little bit. And Leroy's like, Yeah, right now. Something right now. And Abiel says, Hey, don't think we've properly met before. Eloise. God fucking damn it. <laughs> and he like extends his hand to like shake. Trouble breaks away from him and, and, and leaps back towards the other side of the room. This is terrifying. If nobody else moves forward, Eloise is going to slowly extend a hand. Like like brow furrowed. Yeah. Like one hand one hand where her hip be at. Yeah, and the yeah. other Yeah. And and he shakes her hand. Okay. No, nothing happens. He says, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I could not resist the, the antics and the trying to solve the mystery. I just love, I love the puzzles. I love watching it all uh, unfold. So excuse me for the dramatics. Is this, is this supposed to be... What is what is this? I, wh is Abiel, is Abiel still in there? Is he okay? Have you been Abiel this whole time? <laughs> Abiel is fine. I am just uh, taking control over these strings for just a moment and... This is how it would be. Oh, Trouble's, Trouble's hackles are up. Trouble is, like, ready to throw down when he says that. Uh, Trouble, there is... I will not be fighting you. I, we are on the same side. We are on the same team here. Are this we? Is, well, of course. You are in the party of the hero. The hero for the writer, who I am the assistant of. I mean, this is... We're all working for the same goal here, to tell the story. So, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> two, two questions. Um, one... Who are you in Goldon? Uh, you want to just uh, jump right to it? We don't. Uh. I don't know how else we would get there. We're not. Look, I'm, Mister Spirit, sir. We're not good at this. Like, <sighs> it's taken a really long time to get to this point, and we're not getting any closer in terms of clues and 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 puzzle solving. If you want to give us a hint or something, I guess that's fine, but otherwise, I think you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, we can keep the dramatics going, but it's going to be like 20 <laughs> questions for a while. Because, like, so far, so far, all we have is started after we left the Oasis, which honestly doesn't help. 
I don't, I don't understand why that happened. Mm. All right, I, I'll tell you. I'll have my big reveal. Is this what you want? The big reveal? You want the? Uh... I, I don't want to. Oh, hold on. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, I'll give wanna... one more clue. I'll give. I'll give you one more clue. You guys are smart, Rainer. You're very smart. I've, I've seen you. I've seen you solve many complicated puzzles. It's, Physically? <laughs> I mean, you had to solve uh, at least four riddles, so I, I think you can do this. I think you were fine. Yeah, we split those up among four of us, though. We all kind of took a team effort on that one. Okay. I chose Abil because he was in the background, unnoticed, uh, forgettable, common. That is how I work best. I, I am not supposed to be the hero. I am not supposed to be the, the center of attention. I'm just supposed to be there in the background, making sure everything goes smoothly, nudging you along, making sure you go in the right direction, Rainer. This didn't help at all. This didn't I, add anything at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, highlighting something is, that's not nothing. I guess... <sighs> Are you Oliver? Uh, Abiel smiles, and he oh, goes, Oh, boy. From day one. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I imagine we have I imagine we have a few fans who are going to be happy to hear that. I was sent to Goldan to shepherd your arrival and your journey, and, well, let's be honest, Rainer, it was a pretty tough start, but... You have come so far, physically and and metaphorically. I mean, you truly have embodied the hero so well that uh, you were going off to to crazy places. I was able to follow around a little bit. You probably didn't notice, but uh, in the Oasis, I was, you know, they were selling vegetables there. I was there. You probably, that was a throwaway line. You didn't even notice. It was, it was right there. But but then when you were going into a dungeon, oh well, I, lord, they don't sell vegetables in dungeons. No. So I, I this that's when I had to uh, change my approach and follow wow. more from a distance. So I've I've been here the whole time, and I really haven't had to do much. I mean, you guys have been doing so good, really. It's been a gr- a great story. So many twists, so many turns. The writer really loves it. I mean, this story has been top notch. You kept him on his toes, and that's what he likes. That's why you're here is to really just. Make the story better. And you have. But I thought you needed a little help. I could tell, so I thought I'd come in. Eloise is holding um, Abiel's business ledger. She has it open to a specific page, and she's like, Okay, I've got to admit, this is underwhelming for me, because I don't know this <laughs> Oliver. Um, so this doesn't really add anything for me. But we all owe Rainer quite a bit of money. <laughs> what it, does anyone, Do you remember what I bet? I don't remember. Can we wait? Can we wait to do that? <laughs> oh, uh... Yes, I, I suppose you can do that after I'm gone. I uh, yeah, that might that's be not particularly of the grandest importance right now. Uh, we might we might want to table that until after we've paid Gorilta, even honestly. <laughs> okay, so wait, whoa, 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 wait, 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 before before you before you go, is it just us that you know about? Like, do you do you are you're not like omniscient? No, I am. I am not. I get sent on special missions to wherever the story needs to be pushed along. <sighs> Right. But I know what you're asking about, and she's okay for now. Not for nothing, sir, but last time we were told that it didn't exactly turn out to be trustworthy information. I can understand your hesitancy, but, you know, the story has to continue. We have to keep the tension up. We can't just have all the problems solved right away. I mean, we got to keep it it, uh, engaging, so... But I understand this is stressful for you when you're on the inside. It's it's a totally different experience. Um, Eloise 
looks at Rainer, and when Rainer doesn't say anything, she says, <clears throat> How do we free Canis Pentis? Yes, I was afraid we would get to that. It was uh, quite a shocking development when you made this uh, decision, Rainer. I mean, we were all very impressed. Wow, just such a move. Really, really exciting. Ryder's not happy about it, though. Ryder's not uh, happy about that. I mean, he locked away Hainas Pentis for a reason. Uh, he is killed uh, his lover. And, I mean, that's... Well, that has to remain a punishable offense. We can't just let people go free. But we do like what that could do for the story. I mean, it's... We'd have a lot more potential plot lines in the future if we let him go. I mean, that would be... Do a lot more than him just sitting around. So, uh, freeing Hainas Pentis is not something you can, will, or should do. Uh, keep your priority on stopping Mirjik. Uh, that is that is your quest, that is your mission, that is your story. As far as uh, freeing Hainas Pentis, uh, I'll have some words with him. But that's our only lead. And go to him, and talk to him. I think it's a great lead. Okay, you... Ooh, boy, you want me to follow the plan up until the point where the fourth is expecting me to actually physically set free the fifth, and at that point, I'm going to not do that, even though Hainus is right there, and try not to let him kill me. Is that hmm. is that the plan? Is that the game plan here? Is that the, the, the raised tension? I, I think he smiles and he's like, well, that would be very exciting. Uh, loose ends oh are, are always uh, um, Eloise punches a beal in the face whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh, okay I don't think you need to roll for that I mean he's a a beal being inhabited by Oliver <laughs> so he oh my god even when we're giving him more character development we can't help but dunk on a beal and he kind of <laughs> like coughs a bit and, and stands up and is like well, you've grown a lot, too. I mean, from the flute-playing girl to now one of the best fighters in the group. I mean, your character arc has been truly phenomenal. I mean... She grabs Abiel by the lapel, like, pulls him down to her level, and, like, rears back for another punch. Good. And she says, Do not trivialize my struggle. Do not bring me down to a line in a story. I have fought for this, and I will continue to fight until I am done. I'm not somebody's plaything. I think Abil, like, and stares at Eloise, and he, like, soaked all that in, he says, Oh, we fully understand your struggle, and it is not trivial. I hope you understand how much this story means to us. It is not a game. It is not a toy. It is the most important thing. If there was no story, there would be no struggle, yes, but there would be no you. There would be no sister waiting for you. There would be no love in the jungle. There would be nothing. And if the story goes South, it all ends. Do you understand that it must be a good story, or the story is over? Um, Eloise 
kind of looks down and drops her fist. And then she sucker punches him again. <laughs> and says, no, I don't understand. And she walks off to the corner of the room. Of course you don't. And this is why? Never mind, I won't. I will not get into it. Anyway, I have enjoyed meeting you finally. Abil will not be happy that you have punched him twice in the face. So you will have to deal with that later, I suppose. Anyway, he massages his jaw and he says, Rainer, you are the hero. You do as you wish. It is your free will. It is your story. I will talk to the writer. We'll see if we can think of some interesting plots about setting the Hines Pentis free. Or maybe some other consequences. Uh, do not worry about our follow-through. <laughs> you are our hero. What would we do if you died? It's been a good story, Rainer. I don't think you should contact us again. I don't think you can help us. I suppose I cannot at this point anymore. Well then, I will let you be. You've had a long day. And Rainer, <sighs> it has been a pleasure as always. We really are quite proud of you. He's still like massaging the jaw. God, I... I hate how that makes me feel. That is uncomfortable. <laughs> I think then he uh, he will he will end it by saying, "You really have become one of my favorite heroes." And it's that then a bu- blinks a bunch, and he's like, "Why does my cheek hurt? Ouch!" Trouble is there like that. He's like trying to help him sit down. He's like, "Um, do we have uh, fuck? Do we have ice? There's there's snow out there, right? Um." I think he's really genuinely worried about him because that that was yeah. super weird and he doesn't want him to get hurt. Eloise kind of turns her head a little bit like back towards um, Abiel in trouble and she says, sorry, trouble. Damn. I um, <clears throat> didn't want to rob you of being the one to punch a spirit, but. <laughs> nah, it's, it's okay. I caught like three fourths of that. Maybe more like half since I didn't know a lot of the references from your guys earlier adventures or whatever it seemed fitting when you did it is what i'm getting at when did you punch a spirit did the spirit punch me why why am i in pain what happened uh, not to, not to be that guy but can we play the and then we tell abil what happened card yeah yeah i think you <laughs> yeah. will we'll end the scene here you tell abil what happened the throckmorton leaves and uh, grilta goes out and grabs the remains of your dinner which is a little cold at this point. Should we not just go back to sit by the root? I think by this point, Quiss is asleep and like a beal settled down. So they're kind of like hunkered in. Sure. Oh, you know what? I, even though I just said I want to skim past the rest of this scene, I am curious if Leroy has any thoughts on what just went down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you bring Leroy his food too because yeah. you're trying to kill him. And he's like, wow, that that was exciting. Eloise leaves. She's she's out. Oh, boy. She walks back to the root. This is that classic Rainer Leroy tag team combo right here. Solve mysteries. It's good stuff. Leroy, I'm I'm feeling more and more like everything about this the the writer, the stories, the the fucking character arcs, I'm feeling more and more like all it does is hurt people. Is that really something you want to keep happening, keep learning about, keep Well, what are you implying? What are you, what are you implying? <laughs> like I get maybe, oh, you don't want to, like, like the writer, but what do you mean, keep happening? Like, how are you going to stop that? I don't know, man. I People can leave the religion they grew up with. It's not unheard of. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to leave a religion that doesn't make it stop happening. 
And that doesn't stop the responsibility that you have. Do you want to help the writer? Or do you want to help Mirjik? It seems to me you can't really do both. I think Leroy uh, has to think on that one. You know? Uh, hmm. I never really saw it as really helping either. I just was just kind of doing it for for me. I thought you were going to say shits and giggles, and I was going to be super happy for another callback. <laughs> for shits and giggles. There it is. And whoever that was that got me there. I don't know what I'm going to do when we get to the end of all this. It, it, it's a little weird for Rainer to be, like, bearing his soul to the guy who's essentially their prisoner. But Rainer's like, I didn't want to be the hero, and I was I was full of resentment and, and, and frustration with everything. And then I hate Mirjik, and I swore I was going to find some way to bring him down or get even with him or whatever. But I can't see myself taking your third path either. I, It feels like there's, like I have to pick a side in all this stuff that's going on. And the only one that makes sense, the one that everyone's telling me I need to do is be the hero. And more and more, it's seeming like that just, it, it feels like being a, a, a piece in a game that someone else is playing. And I can't, do anything to actually help the people I want to help. All I can do is move across the board, you know? I think uh, Leroy says, I mean, Rainer, this is why you gotta go to the library. You would have learned all about <laughs> this stuff long ago. You know, oh, this is boy. like, this is what all the readers would talk about, is what you do when you get free will and how, like, all the values of that, like... Is there, like, a special book about, like, what to do when you're the hero? Step one. <laughs> Hero for dummies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was kind of like, we believed any of us could be the hero, so you just had to be prepared. So, yeah, actually. <laughs> I thought you'd read it. No, you know what? I never did. Well, maybe that's even better. Can I Can I decide to have that bit of the scene end on Leroy and Raynard just like, for a little bit, pretend that they aren't in this weird super serious prisoner situation and they just like reminisce about Goldon and chat yeah. about like how the library worked and stuff yeah yeah I think that's how that scene ends yeah um, the crew gets ready for bed and no more Throckmorton sightings yeah no more Throckmorton sightings the next morning they will head out from the fortress and Grilta leads them further up the mountain to confront <laughs> uh, Genus Pentis But before we're gonna end our episode, we gotta we gotta visit. We gotta check in on somebody. We gotta check in on good old Johnny Biz. Johnny Biz. Johnny Biz. When we last left John the Bismarck, he was on a Griffin named Hamburglar Spoopsy Wellabadale. Thank you for giving him his full full name. Yes. Yep. During his flight, he chats with the Orfs uh, Mia and Jurg, and he learns that Hamburglar is the title of their Griffin. <laughs> The you know the rank whatever you want to say uh, yeah. it's it's position in Griffindom yeah they travel for just a couple days it, it's not long in the grand scheme of jungle travel how do you how do you sit in a Griffin palanquin is it like side to side or is it like a tandem bike where they're like one is in front of the style? other <laughs> it's uh it's the Griffin is big enough we described the Griffin okay. as elephant sized yep. so I think you could fit like maybe four people in oh, like a box. Good. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the the other spaces where all their luggage is, so it, it's right. it's pretty tight. You know, they weren't planning this, there being a third person here, but it, it works out. Um, and so they have some some friendly chats. Does does Jonathan tell them about his life, or does he keep it kind of secluded? Do they ask him about his life? I think so. Hey, man. So what's your story? Like, what's your <laughs> life like? Yeah, so it, it was opened up. <laughs> the price of a free girlfriend ride is one life story. I think Jonathan tells them about he tells them about his life in Goldon. Um, he tells them about the better business. Yeah, well, of course, of course. <laughs> he tells them about everything since they got to Rillian. Um, he just kind of skips over how they got there. Yeah, right, right. Talks about performing. Talks about like traveling the jungle with his friends. Um, talks about being Grog's like home village. Right. And how he ended up meeting them in the woods. Uh, I think they they have friendly chats along this journey. Uh, they they listen to his stories. They tell him if I say they tell him stuff about them, then I have to say that, and we don't got time for that. So they have friendly chats. Yeah, they yeah, ask yeah. him about the bin snarches and <laughs> the, the the proud bin snarch name. Yeah, <laughs> is that? Oh yeah, because that's what they yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, so as they as they travel again, most of the the journey, uh, they're they're flying over jungle, right? And while there is a variation in the terrain, for the most part, it's pretty consistent. Now, when they fly, they fly pretty high up. I mean, the Griffin can get some good elevation, and Jonathan can breathe, but, you know, he doesn't have to get used to it. Uh, but there is some magic around the Griffin that they have in the Palanquin that, you know, makes it so they can fly even higher and, and make it all work. I think oh, that's what they try to explain that. to okay. him. They try to explain the magic of how, like, the air system in the Palanquin works, and it just yeah. literally flies over his head. Yeah, he just hey. smiles and nods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but after maybe... Two or three days of flying, the terrain below changes, and from being a chaotic jungle to being an organized, almost like quilt of of patches. Cool. Uh, there are okay. clearly marked out uh, regions and and areas. Uh, some of these patches, you know, they're not all squares, but they all seem to be uh, connected. You know, where there's a clear distinction between one area and another. Uh, one if area you guys is, have ever flown in a plane above like a rural area, yeah, 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 yeah. If you've ever been in an airplane, you see this. Uh, but Jonathan, of course, has not been flying before, so this is <laughs> a new thing for him. There will be areas of clearly uh, cities, towns, houses being lined up. Areas of a farm, like farmyard spaces, growing all types of different plants. Some of them more orchard-like with with trees. Oh, Some of them sure. maybe yeah. more grass plants. You know, all kinds of different. You can't quite tell you. You're up in the sky, um, but definitely lots of them with buildings and and city life. There's a couple that seem a bit more wild. Like, oh, that's the jungle, but it's in a contained little zone. And in these jungle zones, he sees these pink crystals sticking above. The treetops. Okay. Uh, maybe they would be the size for us of, you know, smaller skyscrapers sticking above the, the canopy of these garden patches. Very cool. As they're flying, though, the, the mountains, which were to their right, to the east, continue to escalate. And the craziest sight, more than any of these patches, more than any of these, you know, cities or, or towns or gardens, is there is a tall mountain, a couple, a cluster of them. But sticking out from one of these mountains is a large, and when I say large, I mean almost like another mountain jutting out at an angle, a large pink and magenta crystal. Uh Uh-huh. The crystal is clearly carved and with smooth facets. Uh, It's a longer, it's like a prism, 
uh, a five-sided yeah, prism yeah. sticking out from the mountain. And there seems to almost be like Almost a- like an obelisk, if you will. Stop. Don't ruin this for me. Don't ruin this for me right now, you son of a bitch. Don't ruin this for me. Let me do this. This pink magenta crystal seems to have like a, a slight mist, almost like cascading off Ooh. from it. It's not heavy, but it seems uh, like condensation cooling around it and then yeah, sloping yeah. down the mountainside. Also, as they have been flying closer and closer, Jonathan is not a magic guy, but he has been feeling different. And at first, he attributed <laughs> it to the flying high in the air, to the weird elevation, but it was clear that as they were getting closer and closer, instead of feeling weaker, like you would assume from an elevation, he was feeling better. Like he would wake up feeling more rejuvenated and feeling stronger. Feeling um, yes, I heard I heard the word I said, Jake. I heard the <laughs> word I said, okay? And as they get closer to this crystal, and he looks at it, and he sees this crystal, and of course... Mia and Yurg pointed out to him, this is the heart of Anima. Now you might notice that you're uh, you're starting to feel a little different physically. That is the G-forces. You'll probably pass out soon. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. It's the heart of Anima. Hey. <laughs> you make bad joke, brother. <laughs> um, I mean, Jonathan's lost for words. He's just, he's awestruck. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. He, he had no idea the scale that this crystal would be. I, You know what? Actually, he, he, like, sits in silence for a few moments, and he says, Jeez. Raina, did you think that... No, stop. Oh, mm. no. <laughs> <clears throat> His name is Hamburglar Spoopsie Wallabadeo. <laughs> my, my apologies. God, that's so sad. Jonathan, do you feel the heart? I, I, I do. I, I feel m- more me. I don't know if that makes cool. sense. Cool. <laughs> yes. Then suddenly you feel even more you for just like a brief, like for like 10 seconds. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, it, it like heightens and then it goes back down. You became super Jonathan. <laughs> whoa, 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 hey, whoa, 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 what was that? That was the pulse. No, oh is that, yeah, the pulse. Okay, no, is that going to be a regular occurrence? <laughs> yes, is how pulse are. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that one's on me. Um, <laughs> no, not not a pulsar, just a, pul- a pulsar is something different. <laughs> Ooh. I don't get it. <laughs> oh boy, sorry, that was rude to make such an advanced this language joke. <laughs> She like she like hits him like on the shoulder yeah. like like teasingly. Yeah, he deserved that one. Do you get used to that, or is it that strong every time? Uh, um, yes, kind of, kind of. Yes. Can you explain to her that was two questions? But it, it kind of is yes to both, though. Yes, both. Yeah, yeah, it is that strong every time. But uh, if, you know, you can get used to anything. How often would you say the pulses come? Do you think? Um, I'm thinking ballpark like. She she just she has to count in this language. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven minute? Yeah, seven that minutes? Seems, that seems about right. It's more more frequent than I would like, I think, but okay, this is my life now. Uh you get used to it. Yeah. It become very important in Varden. Like big clock. Oh, oh. Interessante. Yeah. We shall arrive. In palace, in four pulses. Wait, the palace? We're going to the palace? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, did we not tell you that we're going to the palace? I'm, maybe. I don't know. I... <laughs> it's where important people are to help you find people. Oh, oh okay. Sure, I mean, if you're I going guess. to Varden, you gotta go to the palace. Uh, does everybody go to the palace? No. Okay. <laughs> Varden is very big. And as she says, like, you look around and, like, you finally get, like, a a chance to, like, try to soak in the scale. Like, you, know, you start descending and you realize that each one of these patches yeah. are probably bigger than Goldon. Like, maybe, like, Coasterine sized. Ooh. Okay. And, like, each one of them is a town and there are dozens of them and of course there's fields and there's garden sanctuaries maybe like oh patches my. of jungle okay there ones that seem like they are uh, multiple city patches all lumped together like it is so many buildings and and so many people have to live there you're thinking oh my goodness these this has to be miles and miles of this entire patch area Good and Lord, she yeah. says welcome to Varden the hundred mile city Wow. Love it. And so you descend into, not the, like, center area, but it's pretty central, a pretty central uh, zone. And it is, I'll say midday, as as you do. And there is so much happening. Um, <laughs> so I'm only going to describe the things that are helpful for us so Directly we can keep this podcast relevant. <laughs> Directly relevant. The buildings are all beautiful, at least in the area that you're, you're descending right now. There's lots of uh, deeper purples and and reds in this area decorate you know the buildings are all made out of that gardens are all immaculate gorgeous orfs and orcs are all walking the streets but you also see that there seem to be some like lines that like go above the streets now we would say you know i would use the line like telephone lines or maybe like sky wires that are like going above the city and they're like shimmering so like they're not like solid they seem to be some kind of magical lines um, cool. and as you're descending you see some kind of again shimmering creature hopping across these whoa carrying people within them whoa I love that okay and they move <laughs> fast I mean they're like vroom, they're like whizzing past you uh, the and these fuck? lines go all across the, the city you see other creatures you know see a couple other griffins you see some maybe you know a flying reptilian creature. I'm not gonna say a dragon, but it that's maybe the word you would use, Jonathan, because you haven't seen anything else. And there's just so much hollow blue. You, you can't even begin to describe the different types of people down there. I mean, there are a lot of people. I mean, it makes Coasterine look quaint. I mean, there's just so many people moving around, um, but it's not hectic like maybe uh, the gate was. You know, it's a bunch of chaos. I mean, people are moving, they're doing things, but everyone's, it's more orderly and structured like the beacon would have been. People are mm, okay. being respectful and proper. Mm. Uh, people are dressed nice in the area that you're descending. And you land in a garden, like in a courtyard in the middle of a building where there's a couple other griffins nearby. Not a ton, but a couple other. Uh, some morphs come up to you. And they help you and your two or friends get down. Again, all this is going so fast that you, you're not able to really like interject or stop. But Mia and Yurg then, then lead you inside. They seem to give some silver paper to the guy that, uh, helped them off the griffin. <laughs> the guy that parked their griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they lead you inside this massive building, not bigger than the Bawaii or, or the arch, mind you, but it's still a pretty big and notable building with lots oh, yeah. of, 
tall glass windows, spiraling peaks and towers, but not in a chaotic way, in a pleasing and, and beautiful way. And inside, you see more orfs all pleasantly strolling. Uh, some of them are writing things down. Some of them are speaking. Uh, you see some of them having like serious conversations. Some of them seem to be uh, almost chuckling, but not like in an uncontrolled way. They're like, oh, 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 uh, as they walk around. <laughs> they're all speaking orcish, so you don't know okay. jack what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to just lead you down some hallways. Jonathan, do you do anything? I think Jonathan like tries at a couple different junctures to like grab the lazy river to just try and slow this down. <laughs> hey, um, okay. But I don't think he's successful. <laughs> and I think he's made like painfully aware that he dressed down to go he through did. the jungle. Oh, yeah. He and did. so he's not I, at all prepared for any of this. I think he's he's trying to like he's he's like reaching into his bag as they're walking. Like he's got it on his chest instead of on his back and he's like reaching inside trying to figure out like you know, what do I wear? Like we're in the palace. Mm-hmm. I look like a hobo. Um <laughs> and he's just so overwhelmed. Every time he tries to speak up to ask Mia or Yurg a question, it just gets caught in his throat because of how dazzled he is by all of this. And they've almost kind of like, I mean, they're still like guiding you and they'll like talk to you every now and then, but they now are chatting quite quickly in Orcish and will then chat to people as they approach. Uh, you see them do, again, some greetings that you're unfamiliar with, some handshakes that you don't know, some bows that seem a little different. And so anything you learn in the beacon, you feel like it's like, does that apply here? Is that oh, relevant? No. Does, Jonathan's I, just I, trying to copy everything that they do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people give you a weird look. There's a couple of people who give you like a quaint little smile, like, mm. <laughs> and then chuckle as they leave. Oh, no. Mia and I guess we'll turn around and say, Mr. Bismarck, do you need Closer. a moment? Uh, is that possible? We were going to our family's room we can take a moment there oh yeah yeah we can definitely just kind of take a pause okay lead lead on you know they lead you through some more hallways and eventually they open a doorway and and gesture in and it is a a nice room (laughs) i got some you know got some plants growing a nice window uh to the another garden is the same one you don't know a garden um (laughs) the garden in varden a garden in varden uh, there's a table set with some different drinks on it, some comfy couches, uh, reclining spaces, yeah. carpets, tapestries, and there seems to be like some soft music playing too. And then Mia like walks over to like a a, a floating stone, and she kind of like holds it and like taps on it a couple times, and a different song starts playing, and she's like, "This one <laughs> oh, good." On. Don't do this to me, Nathan. Don't do. I have to. Mm. <laughs> I have to do so much more now. <laughs> and she says, take a moment, change, drink, wash. <laughs> we will find your people next. Do they leave? Jake, is that uh, something no. is that something copyrighted? Because if it's not, I can work with it. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe not note for note. Okay. <laughs> so they, they're still there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're probably taking the opportunity to do the same, right? Wash up, yeah. get nicer clothes, kind of, kind of just take a second. Yeah, there, okay. there are some, like, dressing dividers, like, yeah. you know, some curtains. Uh, they go over to some wardrobes and 
you know, they bicker about which clothes to put on. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan goes behind one of those different dividers and he kind of like upends his pack. Um, and he's, he's looking for the disguise kit and like maybe a couple <gasps> other things. Yes. He like picks up the, the fumble coat and he second guesses it and he puts it back in the bag. He's going to channel Salazar. Ooh, okay. Ostentatious. Yeah. Uh, do you have a move for the disguise kit? I'm pretty sure. I think so. Let's do a move. Come on, Johnny. This. Yeah, disguise kit. Uh, uses IP. And the ability that I use is dependent on the situation. So I'm going to say charisma. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm going to say, again, I'm trying my best to make this role not always love stuff. But I think it's just a, you're trying to like draw people in. You're trying to charm them. Sure, sure. I'll let you either do camaraderie if you want to be friendly or if you want to do more of a intimidating power move. Like Ch- Salazar kind of would try to do yeah. fear. Or if you're trying to get people to be like, ah, look at this guy. It's a seduction role. <laughs> That's seduction. <laughs> He's in an unknown land in a very, like, uncomfortable situation. He's just, it's camaraderie. Like, he's he's just okay. trying to, he's trying Play to make clean. friends. Okay. I'm going to go difficulty two, setback because of the unknown environment. That's a triumph, baby. <gasps> oh my god, the second one in as many episodes. <gasps> oh. Now, Jake, because yes. we don't normally get this many triumphs, you get to decide, do you keep that and pocket it as a TP, which will then... Now, it'll still count as a success. Like that, It's not like that symbol goes away, but the triumph won't come out, and you can save that TP for later to do a triumph move, or it can come out right now. Also, what is the total rolls... Uh, it's a triumph with two disadvantages. Okay. Mm, so okay. if you save the TP, it'll just be a success with two disadvantages. Yeah. I, I'm i going to keep that. Um, All right. Because I don't think this this particular situation warrants a triumph. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So mark down one TP. Yep. Uh, and it'll be a success with two disadvantages. So you're able to get on a good-looking outfit. The disguise kit, you're able to find a nice cape in there some you know what would be nicer clothes and gold on um you're, you just you just kind of <laughs> stick with like a hey, nicer clothes for gold on you you know it's tried and true yeah not nicer clothes for here in this process you put on one of your more fly shway objects so either your <laughs> uh jester's cap your boots of butt kicking or the fumble coat which one do you think he puts on boots of butt kicking but only All because right. i i base them on balenciagas <laughs> Okay, so you put on the boots of butt kicking. That is a setback. Yep. Obviously, I mean, it might help you later, but it's yeah, not it's quite the style. still better than Miner's boots. Yeah, and the other setback is it takes you some time to do all of this, and so Mia and Yurg, they're not, they don't get mad at you about it, <laughs> but they do kind of, like, pester you, like, need more time, Biznark? No, uh, no, 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 I, I just, um, very sweaty. Um, I, uh, you know what, though? You know what? He he's he's still trying to find a way to cover up his hair, but make it fashionable. Because uh, uh-huh. right now his hair is in a pompadour. Yeah, and it's fucking rainbow. Yeah. And so that's what takes it so long is he's trying to style <laughs> his hair. Yeah. And it ends up coming out not. It comes out not good. Well, no, he's trying to hide it. Oh. He had it under a bandana when he was walking through the oh. the, the jungle. Sure, sure. So then to see what. The, the cap? No, I don't think the jester's cap is what he wants to go for with this outfit. Okay. Then maybe, does he ask for help for, like, I need a hat or something? Yes. <laughs> see, what do we have for, what do we have for something like that? Let's see. Put on head, uh, <laughs> crown, 
No. What about a really big wig? Big wig. <laughs> big wig. And I think then Mia goes into one of the cupboards and comes out <laughs> with a ring, like a ringlet, like a metal band that will okay. go around your head. Okay. She comes over and she puts it on top of your head and <gasps> she like gives it a tap and white flowing hair what? comes like pouring <laughs> out of it. Uh, long white hair. And she goes, perfect. <laughs> this is bizarre. Jonathan um, Bismarck, the impossible fan art, because he changes every two episodes. <laughs> no one can draw him ever. Yeah, Jonathan catches himself in a mirror and he's like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't look great. Oh, no, oh, man. <laughs> Better than the rainbow hair. All right. I'll say this because this is clearly an orf wig because you've all the orfs have this like longer, more like paler hair. I mean, some of them like style yeah. it, but like they all have long hair. And you are human, man, mm-hmm. and you do not have long white hair, <laughs> but here it is. I like the idea that Jurg is just brutally honest with him. Like, he looks at him, and he kind of cocks his head to the side, and then he raises his hand and goes, eh. Jonathan's just going to kind of tie it in, like, a like a high ponytail, just sure. to kind of keep yeah. it off. And he's like, all right. Okay. Two finding people. Let's do it. Uh-huh. I-, I think probably during their flight, he had told them that he was interested in the maker of this want, right? Like that was yes. uh, the one lead they had. They lead you down some more hallways um, and uh, bring you into a lower room of the palace that seems to have, not be like a, a boiler room, but it seems to be more mechanical in nature. There's more pipe work. There's some tools laying around and there's another orphan there and me and your go up to him and they chat with him for a little bit, all in orcish again. You don't know what they're saying. Uh, but you can see that the there's an orc. This is an orc that they're speaking to. And he's kind of nodding his head. And they show him the wand. And he looks at it. And he thinks about it. And he flips through a book. Pulls out another book. Pulls up a scroll. And goes back to the first book. And there's a bunch of symbols. Different insignias. And they're, they're trying to find the one that matches. Mm. And they find it. And he kind of like slaps himself in the forehead as if like, oh, of course, well, <laughs> well I, I told, you know, should have known this. And they think, you know, they, they nod and they, they give him a friendly handshake, two-handed handshake um, and, and nod heads quickly and go back and say, Jonathan, okay, we find your people. Um, um here? No, not here. We know where though. Oh, um, okay. Where? In Varden. All right. I feel like she I can't chuckles. have Yurg say anything because I have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> she chuckles and she says, in human market. Makes sense. To be clear, that is a market where there's a lot of human uh, yeah, no, I, vendors. I, I, yeah, not I got like, that. Yeah. Not, not market of human. Right, right. No, no. I feel like I can't. I, you've already done so much for me I, and I can't. I can't really repay you at all. I, I I feel like I can't ask you for anything more, but I have no idea how to get there from here. We shall. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, why not? And Mia kind of like skips, like she's like leading. Like she, you can tell she's having fun with this kind of journey. <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't worry about it, Ben Snarch. This is way more interesting than what we were supposed to be doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you again. They lead you out of the palace. Uh, and again, there's just this beautiful grand entrance with multiple tall statues that are, are they, maybe they're floating are they they're animated they're moving interesting you can't okay. quite tell you're you're walking fast you can't really notice but again there's some beautiful plants that again well, there's even one that like you see someone like kind of like scratches like the chin of this of the like, plant of the flower and it kind of like leans <laughs> in and 
And okay. as you walk through the garden, you feel another one of these pulses. And as it does, you see a lot of the plants turn towards the heart of Anima. Ooh, uh, and kind of okay. like grow, like they're brighter. Some of the petals get like bigger for just a second. The leaves might get bigger or they like stand more upright. And then after the pulse, they kind of like go back to maybe the way they were. But again, you keep walking. There's no time for questions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you walk back out of the palace again. There's a wall uh, around it with a with a large like mother of pearl gate. Ooh, um, love it. With uh, multiple guards on the outside, uh, orc and orf alike, but more orcs in in the guards. And they lead you down one of the streets where again there there are carts being traversed on the land, being pulled by horses, being pulled by. Uh, horses being pulled by other creatures that you've never seen before that are maybe bipedal or you know, four-legged. Again, move so fast. Uh, There's no time for any questions, Jonathan. <laughs> must make next pulse only a couple minutes. Wait, why? That's when it leaves. With what leaves? Hurry! <laughs> uh, they lead you down the street and you turn a corner and you turn to the corner and you walk up some stairs some they're metallic some metallic stairs yeah. and there is a line of people that are all moving in uh, single file there's a gate that you have to walk through and people are paying uh, silver paper or some people are like showing an ID or maybe tapping a badge and people are being let in right, right. people are being let in and of course me and your go up there and they also kind of pull out they had it pulled out beforehand they were ready they pulled out in it a metal insignia that had some gems on it. Both of theirs were matching, and they say something orcish and point to you, and the guy nods, and, and you go and up. Jonathan pulls out the quill and like, hmm? and the guy's like, kind of like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, what, what is that? And, and they just like drag you with. People are moving fast, and they're all walking into. You see a large metallic not sphere exactly it's more like a mix between a sphere and a cube like a rounded cube okay that is probably similar to the size of like a bus or like a train car sure um for us so people are are shuttling in they're not like squeezing in but they're moving in quickly they're getting in right uh me and yurg bring you in as well and there are two layers so it's like a double decker bus would be uh you all get in uh you find a seat there's no seat belts uh, of course, we all sit down comfortably. There's seats facing like inner and outward. Uh, it's not like all facing forward. They're facing interior to, yeah. to this container uh, with a couple rows. Uh, Mia, once they sit down, she kind of like breathes. She's like, ah, just in time. In, th- in time for... And then it's at that moment that you <laughs> yes. feel You'll another see. pulse kind of hit you. And you see extending from the front and the back of this container this shimmering, glistening energy that kind of creates like a head and two legs up front (laughs) and two legs and a large bushy tail in the back. And it then you move upward and it jumps. And it starts jumping forward in like a a sine wave pattern going up and down on these (laughs) shimmering lines, moving incredibly fast. I mean, you look out the window and the world is just blurring past you, like bullet train speed, just whizzing past as you are now above the city again, moving so fast, and everyone around you is completely calm. Some people are reading books, they're having a conversation, (laughs) uh, not even taking notice to to what's happening, while the world around you is just streaks and lines, and after about, you feel it had to have been at least two pulses, right? 
<laughs> it's the only metric you have. So it's about 15 minutes of time. I mean, it's a decent it's a amount of time. It's a big fucking city, yeah. Yeah. It eventually slows down, and you see the head of the creature in front just kind of, like, shake a little bit. And as it <laughs> shakes, it glistens and sparkles and disappears. And the carriage rests, doors open, and everyone files out. And she says, come. <laughs> um, yeah, Jonathan, like, kind of jumps up from his seat and, like sprints out a little bit and looks back at it and it's yeah. just just the same as it was, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. But you were in a very different place. The architecture seems to have changed. It seems to be a lot a lot closer to what you're used to. Uh, more regular stone and, and wood buildings uh, though the road itself does seem to still be pretty nice and clean. You do see more humans, though there's a lot more still a lot of orcs and orfs around. But you, you see humans. You haven't seen other humans since you've come here. And they say, just just down here. And, um, and is this goodbye? Do you want goodbye? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you guys have helped me out so much. And if you leave me now, I will truly be lost. <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. It's just, let's, just, let's just stick with them until we find the people, at least. Yeah, find oh, the people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> That was a weird little moment we just had. Let's go. He's, he starts walking <laughs> in the direction that they pointed. They're now they're still moving, but not as quickly. Uh, you yeah. can tell like they had been rushing earlier, yeah. but they still move with a sense of purpose. You are getting the sense that this city moves quick. This is not a, a quiet city. But as you move down the streets, even though it is more familiar, it is still very foreign. There are a lot more floating objects. Um, you see people, you know, kind of whizzing around above you. There's a couple people, like, walking on top of the buildings. Um, and, of course, every now and then, one of these carriages whizzes above on one of the shimmering lines. Yeah. Um, though those aren't, like, everywhere. It's not like every single street has one of these. But they are prominent enough that you see them whenever they, they whiz by. Like, we would see an airplane in the sky. Like, even though it's not an airport there, you see it whiz by. Yeah. And eventually, after walking for maybe another hour. They, they walk for a bit. They get to uh, a building, say a three-story brick-and-mortar building with a, a glowing sign above with a matching insignia to what was on the bottom of the wand. Um, and you can see there's smoke rising from a chimney off the top of this building. Uh, and you can hear the sound of metalwork from within. Oh, boy. Jonathan takes like a, like a deep breath. He's... <sighs> okay. Jonathan's staring at the building... And he, um, he takes a step back, and he, like, turns, uh, and, like, looks the other way down the street. What, uh, what's wrong, man? I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I think before Jonathan can finish the sentence, uh, that door opens, and somebody steps out, and, uh, the person, you know, kind of closes the door behind him, he doesn't see them right away, but when he finally does look up... He seems a bit confused at first, and then his eyes land on Jonathan, and he looks a little surprised. And he says, Is that you, Johnny? Hey, Joey.
Hey, Questies, it's me, Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to episode 38 of season three, our four-year celebration anniversary episode. That's crazy. That is that is a long time, and it hasn't really fully hit me how long we've been doing this show, but it's been great. It's been fun. Thank you so much for joining us along this journey. A uh, couple quick things in celebration to talk about. Uh, of course, we got our Gorf Ball Tournament, which is less than a week away at the point of airing of this episode, August 20th. So if you want to join us for that, make sure you register. I know some of you wanted to go and haven't registered yet. Do that so we know how much food to bring and how the tournament's going to look. That's important. Do it. Go to kqpodcast.com. Click Gorfball. Register. While you're at kqpodcast.com, of course, you can check out the merch. That's a fun way to celebrate four years. Buy yourself some little bits of merch. Check out the music. There's lots of music to listen to. Or, of course, while you're there, you can click on Patreon. Uh, your support through Patreon is one of the reasons we've been able to keep going for so long. And that's not a financial burden on us. So thank you to all of our patrons for your support. Uh, big shout out to our better tier patrons, Lauren Grace, Mike, Lowell Long May He Rain, and those dang high elves again. I switched up the order on you. kept it spicy. <laughs> you can join the ranks again by going to kqpodcast.com. And click on Patreon, and we've got tons of bonus content for you to enjoy, including our newest episode of the origin story of Pemberley and Simmons. Very exciting stuff, very fun. So join us, join us over there, um, and we'll be releasing another one even this month, too. I'm not quite sure what it'll be yet. We'll figure it out. It'll be good. The next episode will be out in two weeks, like usual, August 26th. Yeah, that's really all i got to say. we got we got Gorf Ball, Patreon, next episode kqpodcast.com and of course a super big thank you just to all of you for these incredible four years whether you've been with us from day one or you joined in part way uh, we're so grateful to have all of you amazing fans you're what make us excited to keep going uh, your memes and your comments and your feedback uh, just it inspires us and, and it really helps us move along and, I, and I'm being super serious when I say all this. Like, seriously, the stuff posted in the Discord or on the Facebook or that you guys share with us on the Instagram or message us in other ways in emails, that means a lot. And we really appreciate that. So let's celebrate Night's Quest. Let's celebrate the fun. Uh, it's been a crazy four years. And may your place in his story be long. You so guys just, don't see this, but, like, when I have to be Jonathan there's like a whole thing that I have so I'd, I'd appreciate not having to do all that to be Jonathan and then have to just go back to being right. Eloise and Quiss right 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 no that's, I, I knew that about you so that's why I was, I was doing yeah. that for you I only have so many candles yeah <laughs> they're I vital. said that subconsciously they're vital to the process but boy howdy have we had a lot of candles in Night's Quest candles baby well, that's, that's right. a deep cut that hasn't even it's been on the show it's a phallus Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the surfer dude from like way, way back before we were even recording. Yeah, the Ruben. comment that like candles are like, like in an abstract way, phallic shapes. You could say that, just like how an I, obelisk is a phallus. I mean, sure. Okay. It's I'm the ready. Sphinx's penis the in DC. That's what it is. I'm gonna start the episode. Goes all the way through the earth. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? I have it's like that one open. scene in the Eternals, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, great. No.